Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I never really looked at them as a dynasty because two Super Bowls, a playoff AFC appearance, but you only won one Super Bowl. If had you won two in a three-year period or two in a four-year period with promising looking like you're getting ready to get a couple more in the next couple years, then we can start talking dynasty. But, but hmm. Well, that was Keyshawn. Who was yeah, he talking about? Yeah, talking about? Talking about the Chiefs. Chiefs, ah. Now, the reason that we played that is because we were supposed to do some Round the NFL, also some Rookie QB report card, but we had candy on the brain. We threw it all out. Oh, it is Tuesday, yeah. So I don't know where we are show-wise, so that's why I played that. We could kind of figure it out on the fly, but the candy is still taking over. It's on my brain, so that's kind of where we are. I just wanted to put that out. Well, we just came out. uh, Austin's really good at this stuff. He comes up. We had the chicken uh, sandwich taste test, taste test which was kind of fun. It was an unbelievable radio, uh, but it was okay. It was good for us. It was better than drafting fantasy live on radio. Yeah, that, that was, was a mistake. That was my bad. Uh, well, that wasn't your bad. That was, was my bad. idea. We try things. Was there an idea. IR spot that year? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but I auto drafted and finished second, so because um, I, I couldn't get it. Because the reason why I auto drafted because Logan. I was logged into his Milwaukee Bucks ESPN yes. thing because he had stolen mine. I, I think did. I sounds did. about right. Um, anyway, you know how like ESPN like kind of caters to what you want. Yeah. And I was wondering all this time why Milwaukee Bucks and the well, Brewers and everything showed up you, on my favorites yeah. on ESPN. Well, that's because Austin you, made it that Because well, you, you gave me the mistake of giving the password and the username. <laughs> yes. Who knows who has the password and username these days? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Anybody could have the it. The Russians, probably. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? I mean, you did. <laughs> You're good. Uh, uh, when in doubt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking a little more domestic, but Russians oh, it is, okay. you know? Okay. <laughs> Hopefully they like the Brewers. <laughs> yeah, hope they like the Brewers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's go around the NFL, Casey. We're live at Top Golf. Tuesdays at Top Golf. Josh Scobie will join us in an hour. Uh, we'll have some more fun. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. And we talked a lot of NFL yesterday, but we still have plenty of NFL to talk today. Where are we going? Let's do it. And we're, we're going to the Chiefs, ironically. I, I, play, I couldn't have planned that out better, and I didn't even mean to. But the question is, have we seen the best of the, this Chiefs run? Man. Yeah, I, um, I think we did. I, I would bet against the Chiefs now. And it's not... First of all, it's a little bit Murphy's Law. I think we always want to say, okay, who's the hottest thing, the next thing. Uh, you know, keep in mind, Seattle had a, has had a heck of a run, all right? And I'm not saying that's even over. As long as they have Russell Wilson, they might be able to build it back up. But if you really look at since they came on board and the Legion of Boom and all that stuff and back-to-back Super Bowl appearances and one win, they really should have won two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you look at that, what they were able to do, that's a heck of a run. I mean, that... Is that the second best run to the Patriots, really, over like a five- or six-year stretch? It might be, uh, given that kind of success. Two real good chances to win a Super Bowl. You look at what Kansas City did going back-to-back and and now what they've done with Mahomes and what they have with Andy Reid. They are going to be good. But are they going to dominate the NFL? Probably not. It's just not the nature of the NFL, number one. And I'm not sure you can keep everything cooking the same way. People figure you out a little bit. Uh, You might have an off year. Uh, You get injuries. There's too many other things that go into it, uh, I think, to allow Mahomes and the Chiefs to make this 10-year run of success. And so I would bet against it. Now, 
I wouldn't bet against Mahomes coming back and being, you know, for another two-year stretch and three-year stretch, being able to figure it out with good drafting, free agency. I just don't think this is going to be this elongated run like many people thought uh, basically the Patriots were, and, and not even 20 years, but take take a take an eight- to ten-year window. I just don't think it happens a lot. I think the Patriots were such an outlier in that, and I don't think the, the Chiefs are going to be able to do that. And, by the way, sooner or later down the road, they'll lose Andy Reid, and he's a critical part of it. He is. You know, it's it's such a it's such a rags to riches kind of story where you know they go two and fourteen and then they get Patrick Mahomes and all of a sudden they're a Super Bowl contender and like you know for the past couple years we were ready to grant Pat, Patrick Mahomes as the next Tom Brady. Now we'll see what happens with Patrick Mahomes, but like I've watched a guy with Aaron Rodgers be successful with a lot less talent. So then it begs the question: Well, how talented is Patrick Mahomes? I'm not going to write the guy off because we have seen the good of the good. And guess what? It's fantastic. Now, he has the supporting cast around him. And for me, it's hard to pick against uh, a team, you know, going years and years forward that has one of the best tight ends in the league, that has one of the best wide receivers in the league. Offensive line, obviously a work in progress, but that can be addressed in the offseason and in the draft. So, and you have Andy Reid, who I have a lot of respect for as a coach. So when you have that formula... I don't think the Chiefs are done yet. Now, it's been a horrible season. It's been a very disappointing season. But if it's not this year, I do see them rising again. They have to address some stuff on defense, obviously, as well. But, you know, if we learn in the NFL, sometimes having a, a top 10 defense isn't needed in this modern era NFL. Yeah, I, I think um, you're right. But you got to be somewhat halfway <laughs> decent. No, I know. You know? I know. And uh, the Chiefs, I would just bet against – it's like – this is going to be a little bit weird, but I feel like they've lost their mojo really all in about a, what would it be, like a two-week span when they got the, the well, Super Bowl, me, yeah. right? And then everything that happened with Andy Reid's son oh, yeah, and everything yeah. like that, right? Sure. And that was off the football field. But I just want, it feel like all of a sudden everything that was cooking and moving in the right direction, it was like they got lasted in the Super Bowl, yeah. and they had that, which is just tragic uh, for that family, more so than anybody else. Uh, it's just all of those circumstances in like a 10-day window, or whatever that was, feels like it kind of derailed this momentum the Chiefs had. It, it, it's almost like it put it on pause a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, and now it appears like it might have even set them back. Uh, yeah. a little bit so i just feel like the momentum of the kansas city train for a variety of reasons has certainly been stalled for now and, and uh, i mean and it, it's hard not to agree with you there do you think patrick mahomes is a top three quarterback in this absolutely. league absolutely so listen you, know, you could redraft everybody you're, you're, still you're still taking herbert you're taking no, Lamar jackson you're taking Mahomes. Mahomes. everybody's taking Mahomes. so with that being said when you have probably the best quarterback right now in the nfl and i got tom brady but you know you still you have patrick mahomes it's it's hard to bet against that. It really is. All right, Casey. Uh, if if you read the rundown, this one was in rapid fire, but I'm calling an audible because I think it's interesting. And the question is, who wins the AFC North? Yeah, I think I, I think I crazily might have picked Pittsburgh to win. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, but we're gonna throw that out. <laughs> well, I don't. I also don't know if it's over. You know, I mean, it's a long way to go here. It's still 10, 11 weeks in the season for some. And uh, it's, it takes three weeks to put your 
season on notice. Yeah. That's the Broncos, right? Yeah. Uh, the Chief, uh, the Titans looked like they were they lost to the Jets. Like, uh oh, what's going on? Bam! They go beat the Bills and and the and the uh, Chiefs. Yeah. You know the Chiefs could still turn this around, but they don't look anything great. So, I Baltimore's been a little fortunate, in my opinion, to be where they're at. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati is the most complete team. They might be the most complete team, but I do I put my money on them? Right? Yeah. We are so hesitant to put my money. This is when people must have felt about Jacksonville in 17. True. Right? It must yeah. have been like, yeah, they look really good. Yeah. But, but, I, uh, but they're the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm, but the Browns have been like that the last couple of years, right? You don't want to go all the way in on the Browns because you're like, ugh. And right yeah. now I'm off on the Browns because they're out of sync. They're hurt. Mm -hmm. Mayfield is, uh, again, he's hurt. All right? Yeah. I'm not I mean, going to. Chubb's hurt. Yeah, they got everybody hurt. hurt. Yeah. And so I don't know what to think about the Browns. I'm telling you, I probably. What's the, what's Pittsburgh's record in the. Three and three, uh, well, they're three and three overall right now. Is that it? A three and three? Yeah. And so they're really only like a game and a half back of Cincinnati? Uh, well, Cincinnati is five, five and, two. and two. So you have two five yeah, and two teams, a four, a three, and a three and three. Yeah. Uh, here's what I'd say, guys. I think the, the most electric potential team, uh, the team that's overcome already adversity to be where they're at, the team that has a bunch of playoff experience, uh, I think it's Baltimore Ravens. I think I'd probably at this stage pick the Baltimore Ravens to edge out both the Bengals and the Steelers because I'm not eliminating the Steelers. I think the Steelers might have played their worst football during that three-game stretch, yeah. and now they're bouncing back. Man, see, as I look at these teams, and I always, I'm always i reminded of, all right, what team is going to be the most beneficial once this starts to be November and December with that cold weather? And one would say, well, it's Baltimore because they can run the ball and, and, you know, they're a very physically demanding team. But guess what? So is Cincinnati. Cincinnati is capable of running the ball, and they play great defense. But it doesn't, mean, doesn't seem like they haven't won by running the ball yet. No, but, it, I mean, it, it's a nice compliment to their passing game, though, is what I'm trying to say. I would probably lean towards Baltimore, but... It's, it's closer than I ever imagined it would between Baltimore and Cincinnati. And, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati won the division, but i got to give the advantage still to Baltimore. Answer your own question here, Casey. Who do you think? Cincinnati. Yeah, but see, I think Austin just brought up a great point. Like, he... Wintertime in the AFC North is a different that, brand of football. It is. It's a different brand. And one I would... You know how I always say, are they seasoned enough? Are they ready for that? Are they ready to take that step? Yeah. Well, you got to be really dynamic to overcome that. Right, and, and maybe offset a team that is seasoned, like the Steelers, like the Ravens, who mm -hmm. feel that way and know what to do at that time of year. And so I think you just brought up a great point. Their run game, they have one, but they have not really leaned on it. Will they be able to turn the tables in December and lean on the run game when the wind is howling in Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Cleveland yeah. and be able to control the line of scrimmage, dictate play? I would not buy into that if I'm Cincinnati because the reason why Cincinnati is where they're at right now quite frankly it's because of Burrow and Chase now they have a no-name defense that's played well they do have Mixon they're getting some production from their offensive line is better there's other factors but the reason why the league is on notice because of the Bengals is because of the rookie receiver and the second year quarterback well, let's be honest Brent the reason right now and this could change obviously but the reason why the Ravens are where they are right now is because of Lamar Jackson's arm more than his running ability 
It, it is, but it's he's still running of, for like 98 no, games yeah, now. But, but it is because of Mark Andrews. It is because of Marquise Brown. Not because of Latavius Murray. Not but, because of Dante Freeman. But, but to, to prove the point, though, I think once the, the cold weather does hit, that's when Lamar Jackson gets unleashed, and then good luck trying to stop him. Well, and not only that, but you just said something interesting. They like to go to tight ends and really utilize it. And yeah. I'm not saying Cincinnati doesn't, but Mark Andrews in cold weather can be a factor. True. Right? Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase, I'm not sure he's going to put up these kind of numbers in December is the point. You know, yeah. he might. Yeah, yeah. But, no, but I, I think that's a harder thing to rely on. So I just thought, I like the way you bring that up, and, and that would get me off Cincinnati and want to see it in mm -hmm. December because that is a tough division to play in now. The deeper you get into the calendar year, it's fascinating that I mean, you don't even. I mean, Latavius Murray is what it is, and then you've got Le'Veon Bell, and you've got all these guys, and it's you're like I don't know. Like I know Lamar's their number one running back, but their running game, like it. It could all of a sudden go bad because these guys are veterans who could get hurt. They've been hurt. Latavius Murray is hurt. and you, Now, Joe Mixon has been hurt. I get that, but they're getting P. Ryan involved. So I think it's just fascinating how you look at that. I think it's going to be interesting. Well, don't move on for a second because I like what you said there. Don't they feel – Ravens feel a little bit like Denver used to feel where you could just roll anybody in there in yeah. the backfield and they'd take off. Doesn't like their matter. scheme was good. Their blocking was good. Their backs were good, yeah. but it didn't matter. It's like, holy cow, like who's the, this guy? Who's yeah. this guy? Who's like this the, guy? It's kind of like how the Patriots do it. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. And, yeah. and and the Ravens are that. They have a style. They know their style. They know their scheme. And by the way, they're doing it with guys that have done it before in the league. I mean, Murray's done it before, right? Yes. Bell's done it before. These guys are kind of hungry, and they have enough in the tank. So it's fascinating. It's a good conversation, and, and I think it should be a hell of a division down the stretch. And that's why we audibled from the rapid fire, because that needed some time. Another thing that might need some time is if you guys were in charge of the Bears... What do you do today? Do you fire the coach? Do you trade everybody? Do you try to acquire pieces to help out your rookie quarterback? What do you do? That's a really good call. Uh, I think I would probably sooner than later fire Nagy. Yeah. I don't think he's helping their situation. And the, the quicker you separate from that, the better. I think I would also be willing to trade some pieces because I've got a long way to go to, to help out Justin Fields. And so if you can start to acquire pieces, meaning draft picks, to do that, or if you feel like there's something out there that you're going to invest in for the future and you can trade for, then I would go that route if I was Chicago. I am not sitting around waiting for this thing to get right. I'm trying to make it immediately a little bit better for Justin Fields, and maybe firing the coach doesn't do that, but I think it could. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I'm really looking at this almost – how can I speed up a rebuild now that I know I have my quarterback? I've got some decent pieces on defense that I might want to keep around, but I want to kind of rethink this whole thing, and how can I do it right now in free agency and in the April draft? Yeah, Chicago, man. You know, it's – we always talk about, you know, the, the window of an NFL team where, where it is short in terms of how much success you can have, how much time you can make that Super Bowl run, unless you're the New England Patriots and then you're thrown off the window. But, like, with Chicago, their calling card, it seems like, the past decade has been their defense. They, they have relied on their defense, um, you know, to, to, to really win ball games, And they have never really had the help of their offense, it seems like, in the past – three or four years. I mean, when you had Mitch Trubisky, when you had Nick Foles, it just it wasn't getting the job done. You get the opportunity with Justin Fields now, and you think, okay, this is going to look different. This is going to change because you have an offensive-minded coach who came under Andy Reid who can who can show something new, something exciting for this Bears offense, and, and you, you haven't seen it. So I don't think the playoffs are really in play this year, 
if I'm management, I give Nagy one more chance, and I'm like, either you show me something with Nagy, that, or you show me something with Justin Fields that I should be excited about, or you're gone. It's simple as that, because after all the draft capital you spent to get Justin Fields, and then to just put him behind center, drop back, and say, be a regular quarterback, you're not doing that guy any favors. So I give him one more game. If it looks different, then I, I stick with him for the rest of the season. If it doesn't, I'm clearing house, and I'm, I'm also having a fire sale because you're going to need draft picks. you got to rebuild this team. You need an offensive line. You're going to need more defenders because you're going to lose some guys. You've seen a lot of things right now with the Chicago Bears. Hey, let me add one more piece to this, too. If you're Chicago, you have to be real with yourself. You can't compete with Green Bay right now. No. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does own you, <laughs> and so do they. Minnesota's better than you. Their record is like the same, I think, or just about, but they're better than you. And then look around the NFC. That's where you compete. You've got the Bucks, You've got the Rams. You've got the Cardinals. You've got the Cowboys. And, and that's outside your division. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a long way to go. And that's why I would utilize the deadline, free agency, draft right now to try to reset this thing in a hurry and Nagy's not it like I told you Fangio's not it Nagy's not it we know it we know how that's going to end it's just a matter if you do it now do it in a few weeks do it in December do it at the end of the year and I don't know if that makes a big difference but I would start planning on redoing this thing in a hurry and it starts now at the deadline the Bears got to figure it out. One team that did figure it out, though, is the Rams. However, they trailed the Lions the entire first half, except for the last second field goal, and win the game due to an interception in the end zone by a guy that wears number five for the Rams. I'll let you figure that out yourself if you're listening. The question is, what does this do for the Rams? Is this a good thing to be losing to a Lions team that has not won a game? You face adversity and you come back and win, or is it just, is it just a win? Yeah, I think it's just a win. I, I don't really think there's much here. I think, uh, I think you know, this is the Lions. They're going to fight you tooth and nail, and they probably can't. They're not good enough to win. I mean, it's like we talk about the Jags. I mean, this game, to me, had a lot of the makings of the Jags and Cardinals, mm -hmm. you know, where the Lions look pretty good for a bit, but they can't sustain that against a team that's as talented as the Rams. And quite frankly, the Jags were playing against a team like Arizona that – you know, is much better than them, probably didn't bring their A game that day and had a chance and then made a catastrophic mistake on the flea flicker and that was it. So I, I look at it a little bit like that and I don't really think there's a lot to take away from the Rams. I think you're going, if you're a good football team, if you're Green Bay who hasn't won in a sexy way, you find ways to win games sometimes and it doesn't always look right. I just notched this one under that for uh, the Rams. There's a lot of emotion going on, the golf stuff, the yeah. Stafford stuff. I just think, hey, you know what, whatever, let's move on to the next one. Casey, it's a great question and I think that this is a confidence booster for Los Angeles Rams of how that game played out because there was a lot going into it. Obviously, Jared Goff returns, Matthew Stafford now in LA, so there was that whole storyline but, you know, the Lions come out right away, and they, they get a touchdown, and it's like, okay, you know, these Lions came to play today. And to me, the, the, the special teams, the Super Bowl running kind of teams are the teams that can quell, um, you know, the, the momentum changes, if you will. And if you watch that Lions-Rams uh, game, Dan Campbell did everything in his power to try to steal possessions. They had an onside kick. After that, they had a fake punt. Oh, and by the way, they had another fake punt right after that as well. 
So you're talking about three special teams, you know, trick plays that got them the ball back. That's three extra possessions. That's three extra times that momentum drastically changed for the Detroit Lions in their favor. And guess what? The Rams answered the call. Yeah, it was a close game. The Lions shouldn't even be able to compete with the Rams. But it goes to show you that if, it, if you can quell that momentum and you can still find a way to win that game when, you know, the, the stats, the odds say, man, if a team kicks an onside kick and has two fake punts against you and gets three extra possessions, it's hard to win that game. Well, the Rams did. So I think it's going to add a little extra momentum. It's going to give them a little extra confidence going forward. I'm glad I asked the question. And by the way, speaking of fake punts, if you have the new Madden game, fake punt every time. Works really? all. Oh, yeah, dude. F oh, there's fourth a glitch and in the 19. system. Yeah, they just. Works every time. There's they, a glitch in the system. They run the block, and next thing you know, your gunners are wide open. Now, granted, you got to have some decent gunners and catch the football, but, um, yeah, it works every time. Anyway, rapid fire. We'll do it really quick. The Raiders are now atop the AFC West standings. Will they finish there? No, I think the Chargers probably catch him. Yeah. Wow, that I was... I think so, too. Yep, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was quicker than go. I thought. All right, good. Rapid fire. One more. Uh, how did the Jets beat the Titans? <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, in general. I, I don't know. Uh, now, again, the Titans were without... That was the game they were out with Julio and A.J. Brown, right? Correct. Yeah, Julio, uh, but yeah, Julio so. should just be out anyway, but go on. <laughs> so out of those two, uh, there, was a, there were a couple of... I watched some of that game in the second half, and, uh, you know, Zach Wilson threw up a prayer one time playing a little backyard football. They were able to get it amongst two Titans. I mean, he just made a couple of those kind of plays. And, and listen, the Titans can do this. The Titans are not, like, every time out going to look like they did against the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah. Like, they can come back down to your level. I mean, they, were, they, were, they didn't overly impress me here in Jacksonville, you know, when they were here. Yeah. Uh, you remember the first early games of the season? They could have easily yeah. been 0-2. Mm -hmm. right? Seattle is not that great, right? So, I don't know. I think this the, you'll see this Titans team show up like that again. I'm not sure they lose to the Jets, but it might be to the Jags in, in December, you know? Yeah, so how did the Jets beat the Titans? I, I too, did watch, um, you know, I watched the majority of this game. And A.J. Brown, Julio Jones being out had a lot to do with it. But also the offensive line of the Tennessee Titans. I believe the Jets had yeah, seven sacks, did. if I'm not mistaken. They seven did. quarterback sacks. Anytime you're standing like there back in the pocket, you're getting hit nonstop. That's going to affect your confidence. That's going to affect your style of play. So I think that had something to do with it as well. And, yeah, you know, when, when you had Corey Davis have a good day and the Titans secondary, that's been kind of meh the whole season. Uh, that, that's how the Jets won. Oh, and Quincy Williams. That yeah, is Quincy fair. Williams played great in that game. That was a little less rapid fire in terms of how quick we handled that one. Sorry. Uh, let's take a break. Tuesdays at Top Golf continues. Now we do our rookie report cards, and Trevor Lawrence just sitting on an A from last week. Yeah, man. Yeah. How yep. about that? You gotta yep. like that. Hopefully, he's on the beach, Halloween party, College whatever it does. Credit for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> and, uh, what about the other guys? Tough week for some, good week for others. And how much does Mac Jones continue to impress at the NFL level? We talk about it when we come back Tuesdays from Top Golf. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Game one of the World Series tonight. We've got it here on ESPN 690. Astros, Braves. It's coming up tonight at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage starts at 7. Immediately following the Mike Norvell Florida State Coaches Show. Busy lineup tonight on ESPN 690. I go back to Case Keenum a week ago Thursday night and Kevin Stefanski. In that first drive, they go 75 yards. 
five plays, two minutes and 40 seconds. The ball was never thrown past the line of scrimmage. Boots, waggles, misdirection, and it put a backup quarterback in the best chance to be successful against Denver. And I think where a lot of people are disappointed with the Bears is Justin Fields is a young quarterback. There's going to be ups and downs, but put him in the best chance to be successful. His best game this year was against Detroit. Completed 64% of his passes. They ran for 188 yards. When he's played well, they've been balanced, and that's a symptom to a much bigger problem. My man Mike Tannenbaum. <laughs> By the way, uh, I saw on the YouTube feed or some of the feeds it said that Brent is talking about Reese's Sticks. I guess they're called Reese's Sticks. Reese's Sticks? Remember I said the wafers mixed in oh, with the Reese's yeah, Peanut yeah, yeah. Buttercup thing? Yeah. Kind of looks like almost like a Twix. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. The candy, oh, I'm the sorry. candy yeah, talk Kit has Kat. not stopped. Kit Kat. That's what it kind of is. More, more resembles the Kit Kat. Okay. I said Twix. My bad. It okay. wasn't. It looks more, you know, that you can no, break, break off the, I got you. the Kit Kat. Break you, break you up a piece. A big, yeah, that was a good commercial. Yeah. Hey, got you. That was a big commercial when I was a kid. Catchy. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. I, hey, I was there, man. I know. By you the were, way. I don't know. I never know with you guys in your I, I was there. I'm more of when uh, Andy Bernard was talking about it on The Office and he couldn't remember it. If you're an Office fan, you get it. If not, you should I watch it. I have actually seen that episode. I haven't yeah, seen a lot of The Office, but, but, I, but I know what you're talking about. He was about trying to break one. you off a piece of that applesauce. But awesome. anyway. Wholesome comedy right there in the office. Very good. Uh, yeah. Matthew on YouTube wants to know, are we in or are we out on mint chocolate? No, nah, I mean, I'll go mint chocolate ice uh, chip ice cream, but not on, I don't need the It's yeah, like, like those Andes mints like after dinner? Well, now that's a different story. It's the only reason I, I went to Olive Garden I thought you like chocolate. Yeah, anything with it, like the mint stuff was good there. I told you, that's a milk chocolate. Okay, that's okay, it. it's the milk chocolate. Yeah. Okay, I got it's you. It's weird. I don't like, I don't like brownies, uh, uh, like, uh, I don't like fudge. I don't like chocolate ice cream. It's the worst. Fudge is just extra. Chocolate cake is terrible. Fudge is just chocolate trying to be extra. Like, I, I almost throw up looking at chocolate cake. Yeah, no. Like, I'm, you know when I'm people good. are like, oh, my gosh, that's unbelievable. Look nah. at that. I'm like, I want to throw up in no, the other direction. No, even e e like a chocolate cupcake. I mean, go ahead and give me like a nice buttercream or a, oh, like a nice yeah. cream cheese frosting. Yeah. Like a little, yes. Give me something else. You know where this came from? I think I've told you before. Martha's watering, by the way. What? Uh, that it came from, the reason why I don't like chocolate is when I was a kid in elementary school, I was at Aiken School in Seekonk, Massachusetts <laughs> at the time, and, uh, you know, they used to bring, do you guys have hoodsy cups? You ever hear of a hoodsie cup? Is that like cup? the ice cream? So, it was, yeah, it was like the little ice cream, uh, um, yeah, kind of like you'd peel off the top. Yep. And it has yeah. half vanilla, half chocolate. Yeah, and then you have like the wooden stick or like the, the wood wooden spoon. stick. Okay, yeah, no, never go. mind. Never mind. So, old well, you probably Casey, have something sorry. like it, Casey. Well, we had the, the, the peel cup. off. Yeah, yeah we had I mean, that. We didn't, we didn't call them hoodsie cups. No, that was like the brand. Oh, no, we had swans. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I've seen those too. The yellow container. Is that a yellow uh, no, it was ours clear. were yellow, oh, but they gave us a spoon a, with a, with like a white top. All right, well, ours was Hoodsy. Maybe Hoodsy went out of business when yeah. you guys got to elementary school. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, bottom line is, like, I had that one time in school and threw up. <laughs> like, and it's like I was a first grader or something. <laughs> Vomit talk again with Brent Martin. Yeah, and so, like, I, you know how sometimes you associate things, then you get sick. And like really sick. Yeah, but are you lactose intolerant? Why'd you throw up? I don't. I might have just been sick. Okay. Like okay. I don't know. Okay. You yeah, know. Yeah. I so mean, that's the reason why you think you don't like chocolate. I think that was the start oh, of it. Okay. I think that was the start of it. And then after that, I was like, ah, oh, chocolate ice cream, no way, right? Yeah, yeah. Chocolate cake. I would. And then as I got a little older, like I'll try a little something chocolate here. I'm like that's not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But overall, I'm still like, when when most folks think chocolate, they're like. 
to die for. No, for sure. I think chocolate, and I'm like, no, thank you. Well, and, and I told this story before, but the reason why I didn't get into sweets a lot as a kid because my grandma, growing up with her, used to tell me that if I eat too much chocolate, too much sugar, I'm gonna get worms. So like that was <laughs> that was the end of that. Because I'll be honest with you, as a child, like as a first grader, having worms in your stomach didn't really sound that appealing to me. <laughs> Still doesn't sound appealing, by the way. <laughs> Scary, right? <laughs> uh, that is pretty scary. Yeah, shout out to my grandma. I mean, hey, if, if your kid's eating too much sugar, just say they're going to have worms, and then uh, case closed. Uh, I think we have Steven on the line, so now we're instead of rookie QBs, we're talking uh, candy. So let's get Steven real quick, and then we'll get to the rookie QBs. Hey, guys, how you doing today? Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Very interesting topic, but i gotta, I got to ask you. Austin, me and you are the same age, 34, correct? Uh, I'm I'm gonna turn 34 here uh, in about a month or so, but yeah, we're, we're pretty close. Pretty uh, same ballpark. Okay, okay. Same, yeah. same age. So uh, you probably had the same thing back then. Me and my wife had the same old fat every year. She wants to go get my two little girls her trick or treat buckets. I ask you guys, what happened to just taking off your pillowcase off your pillow? <laughs> yeah, that's a good call though. How old are you, little girls? Uh, I got a five and a two year old. Yeah, but that's uh, your wife's right on this. So that's still the bucket territory. I mean, that's like you want the pumpkin bucket or the whatever yeah, bucket. Like, but you go to the sheet of or the Halloween, um, uh, the pillowcase, pillowcase to when you get to like teenage years. No, for sure. So when when you're a little munchkin, if you will. Um, it's, it's all about being cute. So you have to have the bucket that's decorated because, let's be honest, in terms of going with your parents, you're not going to be carrying that much candy, right? So, I mean, you get a little bucket full, you call it a day. When you get a little older, we're talking maybe, you know, the, the, the fourth, fifth grade, sixth grade years when all of a sudden you're out by your, well, I don't know if you're out by yourself anymore with these times. But back to the day when I was out by myself, that's where you get the pillowcase because now you're, you're, you're going more for, it's going to be like the Oregon Trail. You're going for long distance here. Yeah. Right? You, you're getting all the candy. You don't even care if you eat the candy. You just want oh, to fill no, up the you're, pillowcase. You're, you're, you're stocking up. You're, you're sucking up like a crazy person afraid of the rapture, and you have a bomb shelter. <laughs> so you have that pillowcase full of candy because, man, you have that every single house. So I think the younger you are, go with the bucket. Older you get when it's more about getting all the candy, pillowcase it is. All right, Stephen, uh, come for the sports. Stay for the parenting 101. We're here for you, man. <laughs> Hope he has a good Halloween. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the rookie report card, will we? Let's get to it. Uh, let's do it right now. Trevor Lawrence uh, on a bye week, uh, sitting on a nice performance, of course, against Miami, his first win. Zach Wilson, not so good a performance. Uh, got hit a couple of times, out for a month, but wasn't playing well to begin with. Can't seem to get off to the good start. I think I gave Zach a D. Yeah. Sorry, Zach, but uh, they need to get it. I don't understand. You'd think the starts would be better. They're scripted plays. You had a week to prepare for it. Yep. The Jets can't get off to a fast start. I mean, like we talked about this yesterday. The stats are insane in the first quarter for the New York Jets. Yeah, not a good look with Zach Wilson. Obviously, being hurt doesn't help things. I gave uh, Zach Wilson a detention. So, I guess <laughs> I guess you can say he, he, he got a D as well, but I gave him detention just because, he, I mean, you know, it's not fair to give him a complete grade because he didn't finish the game. He obviously got hurt. Hopefully, he heals up, gets better. But uh, you're in detention, dude. All right, uh, let's go to, uh, where are we going? Justin Fields and Wolf. Mm. Uh, not good. I think 1.1 1. 1 fantasy points, by the way, for those of you keeping track at home. I love how uh, <laughs> yeah, you did say detention. By week, detention and hurt. <laughs> These have gone from grades to <laughs> name your favorite word to describe yeah, your quarterback. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I got a D for Justin Fields. I gave him an F plus. Yeah, uh, five, sort of. five turnovers. 
Um, obviously a horrible showing, but at the same time, I gave him the plus because, well, you know, <laughs> the, the play calling, not that great. Offensive line help, not that great. So he's being set up for failure. He still failed, but you got a plus. You know, I will say this, uh, that the I'm, a lot of people don't like the mis to make excuses for these guys. Mm -hmm. He turns it over a bunch of times in that game. He, he has to take some of that blame. He's got to own some of it. But I saw the breakdown, and, I mean, if you look, he didn't have time to throw very much. Uh, you know, just some of the things that didn't look like his fault. He's not being set up in a position to be successful. And so I do give him a little bit of a pass. But as we were talking yesterday, I'm really concerned long-term about these guys because I just think they're getting so blasted and having so much negativity around the early part of their career. I think it's dangerous. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, there is Mac Jones. Yeah. And Mac Jones is off to such a good start that I start to wonder, I don't know if I'm, I'm like, hey, this guy could be Lamar. This guy could be Patrick Mahomes. This guy could be Justin Herbert. I don't know if I feel that. But I'm now starting to wonder if he could someday be the Russell Wilson guy who didn't have to do too much and did what he was asked well and then develops into this really good quarterback because every week, man, it's more and more positivity around Mac Jones. So Mac Jones, 24 for 36, 307 yards, two touchdowns, zero turnovers, obviously a pretty easy win um, against the New York Jets, but the stats... You know, it says one thing. The wins, the win says another thing. So yeah, I mean, I obviously I, I gave Mac Jones an A here. I think he's I did too. he's playing out of this rookie class right now, and, and we'll see if Trevor can keep up and catch him. But right now, I think it's it's a landslide in terms of Mac Jones probably having the best rookie year so far. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I I think you do. Let me ask you this: Do you think uh, Trevor would be doing similar things in the Patriots? Offense, of course, of you course. Do. Yeah, so I mean, I, 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 like I, so. so really, is it is it Josh McDaniels? My point is, kind of winning the day, putting him in good situations. Now, I will say this: before the Dallas game, I would have really leaned on this, like, okay, he's kind of doing that Patriot offense, right? Dink and dunk, keep it away from everybody else, long sustained drives, and he's executing it very well. Yeah. That's not to take away from Mac. But then I would be like, okay, can he push it down the field when he needs to? Well, the Dallas game, I mean, he gave up pick six, and he comes right back, throws the touchdown. Now you start to see some of that where, okay, he can push it down and make the big play. He's not surrounded with a ton of weapons. I feel like he is surrounded with a very good coach right now. Yeah. They know who they are, and they're executing their game plan. And Mac's a very good guy to be able to execute the plan and also understand an offense. Yeah, I think John Smith's coming on. Obviously, Hunter Henry, I think he has his fourth yeah. straight game with, with a touchdown. Right. So he's got talent around him. But it, it's like I always say with Justin Herbert. I didn't knock Justin Herbert because he had Keenan Allen to throw to as a rookie. I didn't knock Justin Herbert because he had Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler. I just said, dang, Justin Herbert's numbers are amazing. And, and that was the end of the story. I think the same thing could be said for Mac Jones. Is he in the best situation? Obviously. But you still can't deny the fact that he's playing a good brand of football right now. I will say that you brought this up, Mac Jones at the line of scrimmage. I do think we don't talk about that very much, but I think Trevor's been very much better at that. Yeah. And I think he is, you're starting to see him mm -hmm. kind of at the line of scrimmage do some things. I mean, it's not Aaron Rodgers at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But I think he understands this offense. Yeah. And I think you have two guys right now that understand what they're trying to do. And they're playing within themselves very well. And that's Mac and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really interested to see to Trevor because I think we saw a guy who was a quick study yeah. we saw a guy who went from the first two games and pushing it down the field taking chances to uh, hit the brakes 
Yeah. Take your dump off. Yeah. Make a, a high percentage throw, and then make the clutch throw when you need to. And I thought he's managed that in an excellent way so far uh, here this season. Davis Mills was 13 to 16 for 91 yards at one time. I think I gave him a C minus. I don't even know what the hell he ended up, but he's boring. Yeah. <laughs> I gave I gave Davis Mills a D plus. Um, I have the numbers right here. Uh, 20 23 for 32, 135 yards, no touchdowns, one. Dude, how do you do that? How do you go 23 to 32 for 135 yards? Check down Charlie. I mean, was everything like at the line of scrimmage? Was it just jumped out of your hand? Uh, I mean, a lot of slant routes, I guess. Like, I don't know. I, listen, they're not very good around him either. I get it. But, I mean, don't you have to take a shot somewhere? Yeah, you, Chris you Conley, go deep. You can't run a wheel route yeah. and throw it 15 yards down the field? Yeah. I mean, those are weird numbers, man. Yeah. I almost don't want my quarterback being doing that. I don't want my quarterback 23 or 32 for 135. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if I'm going to go throw it 32 times, oh, my quarterback throwing for 300 and make it, maybe he throws three picks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I just you. let him go. Yeah. Turn him loose. He's had some nice moments. He's running their offense. Their offense, though, looks like it's in a six-yard box. Does it feel better knowing that Houston is kind of who we thought they were now? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't because I feel like Jack should have two wins. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, listen, I understand right now this t the Jaguars, it's been a little disappointing, but we can at least take solace in the fact that Misery loves company. And Houston, they are who we thought they were. I have a question about the Jags in relation to one player last night that we saw on Monday Night Football. And he was playing, not talking about the game. It wasn't Manning, Brady, or Manning. Uh, so we'll go there when we come back. Tuesdays at Top Golf. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, soon to be joined by Josh Scobie in a few minutes right here on ESPN 690. I think when you, when you see them, uh, you, even throughout the season, but coming into this uh, postseason, man, you, you can see that they want to win this thing to kind of be done with that whole cheating scandal. And they've been a really, really good team for these last five, six years. And uh, I think they want to prove that. And they are, they are proving that. I think they have, you know, when we talk about that too, I think that's why Dusty Baker was hired. You know, when Bake came in, such a veteran presence for a lot of that storm that they had of a lot of those young kids and Bregman and Altuve and those guys. And Bake has done a great job, I think, of saying, let's go win this thing and just and be done with all all this craziness. Hmm. I don't know who that is, but we're obviously talking a little baseball there, and we'll talk. we got to make our predictions on the World Series. That's coming up. By the way, you had a couple of squirrely ones right there during that commercial break, but you hit some bombs, You know, too. all aboard the Long Ball Express. Yeah, Brent's yeah, back. Get, get ready for Scobie to be here in just yeah, a few minutes. I feel sure. a contest coming on. No, absolutely not. I mean, Scobie can hit it as far with my driver as he can. Like, he has like an eight iron, hits it just as far as I do. Yeah, so. he does it a long way. But now, let's be honest, we haven't talked about the story where people are saying, hey, Austin, can you do some more for us? Because some kids walked by and said, we were watching you hit the ball. Can you yeah. hit it again? Hit so it I'm, again. I'm kind of like Happy Gilmore. <laughs> just saying. Uh, maybe we should put some exclusive content on the relevant app. <laughs> now we're talking. Your now, now we're talking. Three lessons from well, Austin Lane on the relevant app. Download it, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. Well, we still have to reach out to our friend Jim Furyk. He was going to critique my uh, swing right. that one time. We haven't done that. We, we can haven't. do that, by the way. We I should, mean, what an opportunity. We can't forget. What, what an opportunity. opportunity. You're right. Well, for, no, for him, yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, for you. I was meeting more for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, what an opportunity for him to break down my swing. I like it. Uh, by the way, download the relevant app. We'll continue to give you clues on how you can find a couple tickets to the Florida Georgia game and we'll be giving clues all week long plus some content about Florida Georgia in fact I recorded something that we'll put on there in a little bit about the quarterback situation for both teams uh, speaking of schools how about the UNF Ospreys and your swoop minute 
volleyball and men's tennis made program history, and the plans for the UNF Arena hospitality and premium balcony seating enhancements were announced in the last week. Men's soccer has two regular season matches remaining, uh, featuring FAU and Liberty. Uh, women's soccer had its season conclude at 9-4-3, and, and by the way, they probably got snubbed out of a postseason bid. They had a very nice season. Volleyball is 20-3 and three after defeating Bellarmine, EKU, and Lipscomb. The Ospreys have 20 wins for the first time since 2015 and defeated defending champion Lipscomb earning the first win since 2012 against the Bisons. Yes, it is Bisons for Lipscomb, even though <laughs> most people should say Bison. Men's tennis, Czech Republic, native Dominic, Dominic uh, Barton made program history by advancing to the ITA Southeast Regional Semifinals. Singles wins against Georgia Tech, Georgia, Miami, and UCF. So here's what else has happened. Swoop Madness is all set for tomorrow on campus for uh, UNF Ospreys. Cross-Country A Sun Championship set for October 30th. UNF Basketball Fan Day set for November 4th. And UNF Women's Basketball Home Opener already on November 11th. Go to UNFOspreys.com for more news, schedules, results, and how you can buy season tickets to UNF Ospreys Women's Basketball and Men's Basketball. UNFOspreys.com. That is your swoop minute. Quick thought. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara last night was terrific out of the backfield catching, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. James Robinson, that's not necessarily his style. That's something we could see Travis Etienne in a role. But they they threw a play once. Man. They got him out of the backfield right over the middle of the field. Yeah. And and he had all this green grass in front of him. Do you remember that play? Yeah, for he had sure. Like thirty yards. We're like, where's the defense? Yeah. Like, how simplistic is that play? Because I think even James Robinson or Jamal Agnew could do that like this Sunday. Could you watch the Alvin Kamara touches last night if you're Urban Meyer and say, you know, we can design a couple of those things for our guys even without ETN? I mean, especially if Seattle wants to play zone like that and play back. Absolutely. You know, I think the thing with Kamara is he he does he has that breakaway speed um, and he's got the elite agility. I think. James Robinson is, you know, slowly, suddenly working on that. But, yeah, I mean, if, if they're playing back in zone coverage like that and that, you know, that kind of that underneath route is open, hit James Robinson all day. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm not saying those guys are Camara. I'm just saying utilize It's going to be. Remember, it, though, James Robinson caught a lot of passes out of the backfield last year. Mm-hmm. He's hardly done it this year. They haven't leaned on that. Now they got a lot of more people that are getting involved in the offense. But the guy's capable is my point. Yes. He's not going to break away speed, but he's certainly capable. Football at 5 coming up. Florida, Georgia in town. We're going to relive the college days during football at 5 and Tuesdays from Top Golf. Josh Scobie joins us next. I mean, what's there to do in La Tech? Probably the same amount of stuff to do in Murray State. And maybe Ashland University <laughs> in Ashland, Ohio. We'll talk about it. We come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 